Hi, my name is Rick. I serve as the Irving Campus Worship Pastor. My name is Bree. I serve as the Central Communications Lead. And in 2008, Rick and I were engaged to be married, and we knew we wanted to be rooted in a local church. And through the invitation of a friend, we visited Calvary for the first time almost 12 years ago. We immediately fell in love with what God was doing at this incredible church. And within the first few weeks, we both began to serve as dream teamers on the worship team. One of the things that I learned here at Calvary is if serving is beneath you, leading is beyond you. I pursued the opportunity to be a full-time intern. Through this, I was exposed to a new level of leadership. I was being taught what values matter to my pastor. I began to catch his heart and follow his vision for this local church. I had no idea that that internship would lead to over a decade of serving alongside our pastors, Ben and Kim. They are truly grace gifts to our lives. You know, we heard the Lord tell us years ago, if you build my house, I'll build your house. And let me tell you, he is a promise keeper. And every year we've stepped out in faith in every area, including our generosity. And last year we took a faith step and prepared a special offering. And we had two specific things we were believing for. One was for healing in my voice and two was for collaborations for Calvary Worship. That's right. One of the dreams was to have two specific artists a part of Calvary Worship, BJ Putnam and Israel Houghton. And in less than a year, both of them have written and been featured on Calvary Worship albums. And we have watched the Lord restore Bree's voice as we rested in the gospel. Come on. We really believe that the best is still ahead for Calvary. There's no limits, no boundaries to what God is doing right now. So Calvary Church. Get ready because the movement has begun. Well, good morning, good afternoon, everybody. I want to welcome you to part two of our new six-part series for the movement. A great big welcome to those of you that are joining us online. We're glad you are with us today. Church, I want you to grab your Bible or your Bible app, if you will, please, and go with me. You can flip or click back to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, we're going to read verses 10 and 11 again. While you're going there, I want to talk to you for just a moment about something very special. If you do not have the Calvary Church app, you're going to need to go to the app store, put Calvary Church CC, one word, Calvary Church CC, and download the app. We have some brand new things that I want you to know about, not only media, and ways to give, but our 36-day devotional, we're on day eight, we're taking a 36-day journey renewing our minds, our devotional is there, also if you click more, this is all brand new, we now have notes for the teachings, so you can click in notes, you can take notes, there's also the announcements for the month, also a Bible with all of the different translations that I use. So you're going to have all of the Bible there and uh, many other things. And I'm going to encourage you today to download it and start using it. And I'm giving you a one-month notice because after this month, I'm no longer passing out hard copies of worship guides. Everything will be available on technology. We'll also have a new website to go along with uh this new app that we are working. So things are updated every week. Why don't you download it and start checking it out and using it? We're looking for as many ways as we can to cut 
costs and use the money that God gives to us wisely. And this is one of the ways we can get it in your hand right away. And this is really exciting. So go ahead and do that because I'm going to be bringing you back to the app in just a moment. Y'all ready? Say yes. All right. 1 Corinthians 3, beginning in verse number 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Church, if you would raise your hands in his presence. Father, we glorify your great name. Your king of many kings and lord of many lords. Alpha and Omega, the author and the finisher. The first and the last. The all and in all. You're our breath, our life, our meat, our drink. You're our divine energy that enables us to overcome and sit with you on your throne as co-heirs with Christ Jesus. So I declare today that we have authority and dominion over everything made by your hands. Father, today for the next few minutes as we eat of your word and digest its truths, would you draw back the veil and reveal more and more of your glory and beauty, the glory and beauty of Jesus, the pattern man. I thank you that truth is flowing like a river in this generation, freeing people's minds from the traditions of men and enabling them to soar to new heights of revelation in Christ. I declare that we are sons of God. As a matter of fact, with hands lifted, say it out loud. Say, I am a son. That's all right, ladies. You can say it too. Come on, say, I am a son of God. And I declare every son has unlimited vision and unlimited knowledge and unlimited anointing. Finances without limit, unlimited authority. So Holy Spirit, today, would you open up the scriptures to those who have. Come on, say it out loud. Say, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mouth to confess. All of the good things Christ has already provided for me now if you're really 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 ready for god's word give him a good hand clap of praise would you do that just say i'm ready well y'all i know it's common uh for churches to claim to be a movement right for the movement we're a movement it's got a positive ring to it but when christians use the term i think they often mean that God is blessing our efforts. But you need to understand that at Calvary Church, when we use the phrase, we have something much more specific in mind. And you've got to know that it is very, very important to us. At Calvary, we are building a gospel movement. That's why we exist. We exist, our mission says, to declare and to demonstrate the gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. We exist to declare, that's our message, and demonstrate, that's our ministry. Declaration is our mouth. Demonstration is our 
hands. We exist to declare and to demonstrate the gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. The gospel, it simply means the good news. The gospel of what? Of our salvation. The gospel of peace. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of grace. And by the way, all labels for one and the same gospel, right? Yeah. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Jesus is grace and truth. The truth is grace. Grace is the truth. It's all built on Jesus. And if you all believe that, somebody say yes. But I believe that Calvary Church has arrived at the next stage of what I've called a gospel revolution. And there are two ways that we could go from here. Church, please don't miss this. I believe that we are at a crossroads right now. And there's one of two ways that we could go as a church. We could camp around the foundation of grace. I talked about that last week. Or we could now begin to build on that foundation and see the church becoming a powerful kingdom movement. And I want you to notice that I said revolution, not rebellion. I said a gospel revolution. I did not say a gospel rebellion. And last week we looked at the differences between a revolution and a rebellion. And you can check it out at calvarychurch.cc or use that brand new app. And check it out. In simple terms, a rebellion seeks to destroy while a revolution seeks to build something better. And I told you that this teaching series for the movement isn't for rebels. It is for revolutionaries who want to see the church, come on, become what Christ intended for it to become. Am I talking to anybody? A kingdom movement bringing heaven to earth. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of monuments and I'm ready for a movement. I'm tired of statutes on stones and I'm ready for the spirit of God in sons and daughters. I'm talking about a church that isn't about what would Jesus do. I'm talking about a church that's all about watch what Jesus does in and through us. If y'all are getting this, somebody say yes. And you've got to understand that what happens after a revolution is even more important than the actual revolution itself. In fact, if people don't move, if they don't go into what the revolution was there to position them for, then the revolution could end up being more destructive to them than the bondage that they were previously in. Church, I'm talking to you. If people never move on to rebuild, rebuild on that foundation, rebuild something the right way, then the fact of the matter is you never had a revolution. You only had a rebellion. Think about it. I used this uh, illustration last week. Let's say you're in a prison. And that prison is surrounded by a vast desert. Okay, you happen to break out of that prison and gain your freedom. Well, now think about it. Now you're worse off than you were in prison because now you're going to die in the desert. What am I saying to you? It isn't just about your freedom. Church, I hope you get this. 
it isn't just about your freedom. Watch this. It's now about using your freedom to go to a better place. And I told you that many people, many churches are stuck in a prison. And I talked about a religious legalistic structure and theology that is oppressive, that is crushing. Fact is, it is abusive, it is slavish, driven by performance to please God. It's a system of motivating people to live right by guilt and fear and condemnation and keeping them under this fall short, never good enough mentality. And some of you know what it's like to live just like that. And so we can, thank God for the gospel, we can break people out of that prison. But watch, breaking out is only half the revolution because church now we have to take people into a better place you've got to move into the kingdom of God a kingdom of God government and intent for the church we've now got to build and establish people on the right foundation of Christ and on his divine order and on his purpose for the church and let me remind you that we are the church a church is not a building. A church is a people, a called out people. Lift up your hands, say it out loud, say, I am the church. Matter of fact, say it like you believe it. Say it out loud, say, we are the church. So think about that. Hey, y'all, you gonna go to church? Well, how do you go to church when you are the church? We may go to a building, the church may gather in a building, but watch, when the people leave this building, guess who walks out? You are the church. You are the church. And that's why I really believe that God is bringing forth and I prophesy a new breed of ministry in this hour that is not afraid to declare and to demonstrate this gospel. Because sadly, much of what's flooded our pulpits has been issues of politics and morality and self-help programs and psychological manipulation and empty rhetoric with no biblical basis. But I am so thankful that in this hour, God is raising up true apostles and true prophets and true evangelists and true pastors and true teachers to govern, to guide, to gather, to guard, to ground the church in grace. And you've got to understand that these are grace gifts that are given to the church. They are given to us to help us understand. Watch this. That yes, we have been saved from something, but don't miss this. You've also been saved for something. Woo. God brought you out. Yeah, I know. I grew up in church. That's all we talked about. God brought you out. But watch this. He brought you out to bring you in. Yes, you have been purchased. Watch. But you are also purposed. There was a divine intention that brought about your redemption. And I'm going to say it again. Calvary, you are at a critical juncture in a gospel revolution right now. And I told you that since January 2013, this revolution has been breaking people 
out of a mixture of law and grace bondage. But what happens after this, I'm telling you, is of most importance. If you think we've seen anything, we hadn't seen nothing yet. It is going to be the difference between dying in the wilderness or walking into our inheritance. And I prophesy a land flowing with milk and honey, a land flowing with abundance and provision. And at Calvary, we understand that this land isn't a piece of real estate. This land is a person named Jesus Christ. You're a free people. You are a free people. Now think about that. It was a revolution that set Israel free from Egyptian bondage where they baked bricks. They were set free in order that they may enter the promised land. Now watch this. They were a free people, but that free people did not enter. They did not enter their inheritance, but stayed and suffered in the wilderness until utter destruction. And by the way, it was not God who destroyed them. The Bible says it was their own unbelief. Here we are blaming the devil for destruction in our life. And the fact of the matter is, it's our own unbelief. The church is filled with unbelieving believers. They are not convinced of the promised land in Christ Jesus. So they're striving for things they already have. They're wrestling for stuff they've, they've already got. They're on a treasure hunt and don't realize the treasure's already in them. They're trying to measure up and they're already there. They're trying to cross a divide that's not even there. And one of the most common events you saw that occurred with Israel in the wilderness, watch this, because of their unbelief, don't miss this, was a continual breaking out of rebellion. I want you to think about that. If all you do is break free from bad beliefs, but you don't use that freedom to go in, you fail to go in to what God's building, then you get stuck in a rebellion that's going to continue to manifest until total destruction. So what starts out as something good has the potential to end up as something terrible. Watch this. If you don't learn... How to sequence with God. Watch this. We are moving from faith to faith. From glory to glory. From the outer to the inner to the most holy place. Are y'all getting this? From the 30 to the 60 to the hundredfold. Children, young men to fathers. We've got to learn to sequence with God. These are the sons of God. Who? Those who are led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, the wilderness is not true, true freedom. It is a place which if you spend too long there, and that's why many of you are dealing with confusion, and you're dealing with disillusionment, and rebellion, and a returning to bondage, and self-destruction, and all the progressive effects of death. But I believe what I'm about to say is a right now word for this church. And if you're a part of this house, lift up your hands, because I prophesy, Calvary, we must sequence with God at this critical stage of this gospel revolution. And I'm telling you, God is serious about bringing us into the fullness of new covenant life and freedom. Freedom and desires to use truth.
true revolutionaries who will do more than destroy, but they will invest their lives in building what God is building, a church that is committed to the declaration and demonstration of the gospel of the kingdom to everyone, every day, everywhere, a church that is made up of believers who aren't sitting looking at the back of someone's head once or twice a week, but believers who are assets, not liabilities. They are contributors, not consumers. They are sons, not slaves. And if you are a free people ready to step into your inheritance, clap your hands and about a thousand of you shout, thank you, Jesus. Oh! Are y'all getting this? What did Paul write? According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder. Master builders don't lay bricks. Master builders lay stones. Like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. I talked to you about a fresh wave of grace that, that has come upon our church. I call it the foundation of grace. Well, the next wave now is a building on grace. The first wave was foundational theology. That is what we believe. The next wave is administrational theology. That's what we do with what we believe. You know what I've realized? The church talks about a lot of things they believe. Here's the problem. They don't do anything about what they believe. The first wave is what broke us out of a bad foundation and established the right foundation, which is Christ and nothing else. At Calvary Church, you're going to hear it over and over again. Watch. It's Jesus plus nothing. And now this next wave is about building on that foundation. And notice I said building on, building on, building up on in grace. Not moving on from grace, but building up on. First wave was all about saving grace. This next wave is all about empowering grace. And I'm telling you, we got to harness the power of this movement. And I want you to consider some critical things for the movement. And uh, we've already covered a couple of them. And all of these things flow from this understanding that we are God's beloved. God truly and sincerely loves us. And if you're thankful for that, someone say yes. Lift up your hand say it out loud. Say, I am God's beloved. Say it again. Say, I am. God's beloved. Do you believe that? Okay, so you say, what does that mean, beloved? Well, be loved. Live every day as if you were loved. Be loved. You are the beloved of God. Now, because you understand that you are the beloved of God, that's wonderful. But now what flows out of that? We talked about it last week. You remember number one? Write it down. Believe. Number two, we talked about this. Be baptized. Hey, can we celebrate everyone who was baptized in water today? Come on. Come on, give God praise. They're celebrating new life. Old things passed away, all things new. I love it. Every worship experience today, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and every location. Believe. Be baptized. I want to pick up where I left off last week, and I'm sorry I'm not even going to get done today. It's all right. It's all good. Somebody say, that's all right. Be added. 
be at it. I want to I want to go back over this one. And and while I read this portion of scripture, go to Acts 2. Go to Acts 2. Come on. Acts 2. Let's read 42 through 47 because the the book of Acts is a record of what? The start of the movement. And thank God it's never stopped. So let's go to Acts 2, read 42 to 47. Pastor Bree, while I'm doing this, I want you to grab three men from this side. Uh, Tab, would you buy, grab hold three men, get them ready from this side? I, I, they don't know what they're going to do, but I'm going to use them for an illustration. Are you all ready? Acts 2, 42, here we go. And they devoted themselves, we're talking about be added, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread. So much truth here. I'm about to cast vision. They received their food with a glad and generous heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Doesn't that sound good? And the Lord added, say it with me, and the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord to their number day by day, those who were being saved. And the Lord, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Come on, I want my guys to come up here. Give my guys a good hand clap. Come on. Come on. Come on, quick. Quick. Just line up right here. Just line up right here. Come on. Come on. One more time. We look like a boy band. Come on. Look at this. Wow. Good look. <laughs> Are you ready? In the New Testament, when people became believers... Just separate a little bit from each other. Separate just a little bit from each other. In the New Testament, when people became believers, they were instantly added to a church. So when you received Christ, lift your hand. You, y'all. It's a picture of you receiving. When they received Christ, they became a part lock arms. Lock arms. This is difficult for them. <laughs> they became a part of the church. The church, a community, a called out company of believers who meet together regularly, who walk out this thing called believing Christianity. Take one step forward. They walk together. Stop. They walk together. There is no such thing. Get the picture. There is no such thing as an independent, isolated Christian. No. We walk together. Now, I know this don't sound like the church. But this is what the church was designed for. And Christianity is all about walking together 
with other believers. And this is because God wants us to be a community, a company of called out people who are made up of people who love each other, who care for one another, who encourage each other, who build each other up, who holds each other. Why is this important? Take two steps back. One, two. Why is this important? You and you come together and make a circle. Because there are times that we have to gather together and look at one another and remind each other who we truly are in Christ. We've got to convince each other of what God believes true about us. Watch this. We were not designed to do life in rows. Now, I'm thankful for the opportunities that we have to come together in rows, but watch this. We were designed to do life in circles. Why? Because in a circle, don't you miss this, we can look at each other in the face. They're having a gospel circle. <laughs> Y'all not ready for this. Get back in your line. Step forward. Another circle, but this time, go back. No, 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 no. Y'all aren't ready for this. There's times when we got to protect each other. Are y'all getting this? When's the church going to get it? Instead of talking about each other, when we go on stand, when they talk about me, guess what? They're talking about you. And when they talk about you, watch, they're talking about me. I want you to tell the person on your right and left, say, I got your back and you got mine. We're in this thing together. And if you believe it, shout right now and give God praise. High five three people say we in this thing together. Line back up. You need the church and the church needs you. I'm sorry, but we made this thing all about the wrong stuff. This thing ain't about us dressing up once a week and showing up for a fashion show. This is the church of Jesus Christ gathering together to be equipped, to encourage each other, to empower one another, to go into the world. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it already is done in heaven. I want to hear the church open up your mouth and shout right now. And you know what I love about this church? I love looking at the diversity of this church. That's a kingdom church. And the Bible says there's all kind of pictures for this. One picture is uh, 
Let me think. One picture is a body. A body. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. A body is made up of many parts. The hand doesn't say, I think I'm going to break off and go do my own thing. If the hand would do that, it would affect the body. So any of you that are thinking, well, they don't need me there. No, we need you. Because you're a part of this body. You have a role to play. All different kinds of roles in the body. All different kinds of roles in the body. The Bible calls us a flock. Acts 20, 1 Peter 5. And there's a reason for this, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I look around this room and I see some that aren't with me today that were with me. And the fact of the matter is you've got to understand why a flock. Because you need to understand that any sheep that isolates himself becomes vulnerable to wolves. Open to attack and damage. You need the church. And the Bible says that when he puts you, look at how he perfectly fits you in the body. And when he fits you in the body, when he fits you in the flock, here's what's awesome. The Bible says that he gives shepherds to care for and protect the flock of God. And then also, I love this, we're also called living stones, and I love this, we're not called bricks. Do you know what religion is? Religion is a brick-making factory. And when you grow up in religion, it's all about trying to make everybody look the same, dress the same, sound the same. They're bricks. In Egypt, they made the slaves make bricks. They strive, they work, they strain. That's what bricks are. It's a picture of striving, struggling, straining. But living stones, stones all have a different shape, a unique gift, uh, a unique ability, a unique look. Master craftsmen don't use bricks. They use stones. And I want you to know that you have a place where you fit, where you fit. And God's putting this together. He's putting together unique giftings and personalities and, 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 and abilities to build this, this temple. You are the living temple of the Holy Spirit. And you are a beautiful church. Tell the person on your right and left as you go back to your seat, say, y'all are a beautiful church. Come on, tell them real quick. And I want to hear the church clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. And give these guys a good hand clap. If you have not been added to the church, I would encourage you, go to Growth Track, connect. There's nothing magical about it. It's just we want you to know about who we are and we want to get to know you. That's it. It's that simple. I'm only going to give you one more today. There's two more, but I'm only going to give you one more. I'm going to come back next week because next week I'm going to talk about something very important. How many of you with a show of hands 
you would like to prosper in every area of your life. Let me see. And I'm not just talking about materially. I'm talking about physically, spiritually, vocationally, relationally. You want to prosper. That's you say yes. I'm going to talk about something next week. I'm telling you, I'm coming back to it. And it's very important. Because watch this. I believe God wants his church to prosper. What God has called us to as a church, we must prosper. In every area of our life. Now, I want you to write this down. I talked about believing. I talked about being baptized. I talked about being added. Okay. Now, if it's all right today, can I talk about a tough one? Please say yes. Even if you said no, I'd do it anyway. But I'm going to do it because I love you. Now, this is a word we don't like. It's a cuss word to some, but I'm going to say it anyway. Are you ready? Be committed. See, if an athlete wants to become great at their sport, they need to devote themselves to it. And if they... You know, if they're just casual and half-hearted, which sounds like a whole lot of folks, then they're only going to be average at best. But to become great and successful, it requires what? Here's words we don't like. Focus and discipline and commitment. And, and, and if we want to become good at our life of destiny and purpose, I'm talking about the life that God designed. Man, let me tell you something. There's got to be some devotion and commitment to what? To, to this life of grace, to, 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 to his word, to his church, to people, to, to prayer, to, to generosity. I mean, this is what the people of the very first church did. Now, I'm going to cast some vision here. And I'm going to share some things that I've not shared yet. But tonight at team night, I'm going to go in depth because there are going to be some things that we're going to stop doing. And there's going to be some things that we're going to start doing as a church. And we're going to be committed to this. But look at Acts 2.42. It says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Stop. This was the first church. This is when the movement began. No one can force you to be a committed Christian. I can preach the gospel, but I cannot force you to believe. I can ask you to give generously, but the fact of the matter is I cannot raise money. I can be strategic, a strategic, hardworking, hard-praying, committed leader in this house, but I can't grow the church by a single person. And you know what I've realized? That God won't even force you to be a committed Christian because you have a free will. And the early church... Those Christians saw the importance of living a devoted life in Christ and to his church. And they committed themselves to walking in covenant relationship with Christ. And watch this, in covenant relationship with one another. Three main things that I'm going to draw as I close. Three main things that the Bible says they devoted themselves to. There's going to be some changes that are coming to this church. Now, this first one is not a change, but I am going to say we're going to get committed to this in a way that 
I'm telling you, it's going to be strong. But notice from this portion of scripture, write it down. They committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, and I'm going to call this the word of God. The gospel. It's the word of God that builds our faith and brings us to maturity so that we can walk in the authority and faith of Jesus and impact our world. And every believer needs to grow in his or her knowledge of the word of God. And so in order to exercise the wisdom of the word, the fact of the matter is we need to know the word. You know what I've realized? The church for the most part is biblically illiterate. And I'm not talking about some of you that are brand new to the church. I'm not saying that. I'm saying those of us that grew up in the church don't even know how to rightly divide scripture. They devoted themselves to study the word and and get it in your heart. And, and I'm going to tell you that it, it, it'll powerfully transform your life. And I feel like the Spirit of God is saying, it's okay. In this season, it's time to grow people up, watch this, who can now begin to feed themselves. Because let me tell you something. Y'all eat every day. Fact of the matter is, you eat more than once every day. I'm just looking around. I'm telling you, we eat more than once. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Now watch this. How do you think that you can stay spiritually fit in this thing and show up once or twice or three times a month and say, I'm going to eat three times a month? Weak. And by the way, it's not reading the word that makes us righteous. But you want to know why we need to read the word? We need to read the word to get a revelation of how righteous we truly are. And I'm going to help you in 2020. Now I'm shifting here a little vision, a little vision. In 2020, I'm going to help you to be a movement that knows the word. And how to apply it in your daily lives. And I'm going to be committed this. I'm saying today that I'm committing to you as your pastor. And I'm going to empower you through practical gospel-centered teaching week after week on subjects that will help you grow in your grace walk and grow in the Word. I'm going to start the year with a series on New Covenant prayer. I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to take you to God's Word. I'm going to teach you on, on our lifestyle. I'm going to teach you on sex and singleness and marriage. And a little secret, Kim and I are planning something we've never done before this year for couples and couples looking to get married. And I can't wait to tell you about it. And I'm going to talk to you about culture. I'm going to talk to you about how to study the Bible. Everything is going to be very practical. I'm going to talk to you about how do you rightly divide Scripture? How do you study your Bible? I'm going to talk about fears and doubts. We're going to deal with money. I'm going to help you in community and purpose and so much more. And the reason for this is the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 that all Scripture is breathed out by God and it is profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness that the man, that the woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And here's what I hear the Spirit of God saying, that in 2020, our movement will be full of men and women and young people who will be trained in righteousness. They will be complete in Christ and equipped to change their world. Next, write this down. Fellowship or whole church gathering. Whole church gatherings. Now, I'm going to introduce to you some changes. For our movement in 2020, 
first quarter, we're going to continue to have worship experiences like the one that you are a part of today. And we believe gathering the church corporately, whole church gatherings are a great way to gather together, to celebrate, to be inspired, to be empowered, to be equipped, to be released, to live out our mission as the church. So Sunday locations will be located in cities where we have properties owned by Calvary Church like we do in Irving, like we do in North Fort Worth, like we do in North Carolina, East Coast. Um, and the fact of the matter is this is very important to us that we continue to develop locations for our Sunday location gatherings. And the fact of the matter is in a few days our new website's going to release. I'm just going to show you a glimpse real quick. But when you go to it, a church for everyone, every day, everywhere, there's only two buttons. The first button is Sunday locations. The next button is weekday locations. When you click the Sunday locations, you can join us at a Sunday location. We believe the local church is God's plan A, so we will gather. When you click in, you'll find locations that meet Sunday. Now, I want to go back to the home page because here's something you're going to notice. The fact of the matter is that has been very limiting for us, and I believe God's saying it's time to expand. So here's what's going to happen. The Bible says in Acts 2, 46, every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There's got to be a way for deeper, meaningful relationships, life together. And that's one of the reasons why I've started pop-up gospel circles this year because I'm getting ready for something that's coming first quarter of 2020. And this is called our weekday location. So no longer will we have really the typical midweek worship experience at these locations. But now, instead of the church coming to a building, watch this, the church is going to our communities. So now when you click into weekday locations, watch this, you will find locations in Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, Plano, Irving, Grand Prairie, Hearst, Euless, Bedford, Frisco, Louisville, Coppell, which means this. You will now be able to find places for what? Don't miss this. Communion. The apostles teaching the word of God. Fellowship. Whole church gatherings. Communion and prayer, which is smaller church gatherings. Now watch. Weekday locations. That is another way that we're going to be the church and live in community together through our weekday locations. Or I'm going to call it smaller church gatherings. And I'm so excited about this. And I believe God has given me this vision. It started in my life. Um, seven years ago, I've been in a gospel circle every single week for the last seven years. It has been so awesome to see gospel circles in cities everywhere, pop-ups. But now, are you ready for this? We're going to start in the Metroplex, but gospel circles are going everywhere. Let me tell you, tomorrow night, I'll actually be in a gospel circle. Are you ready? In Hollywood, California, someone has purchased a location for Calvary to have a gospel circle in Los Angeles. Are you ready for this? Now we're not only West Coast, y'all aren't ready for this, but we're East Coast, come on, and everywhere in between. Come on, we're going everywhere. Are y'all getting this? 
gathering together in 2020 we're going to expand our reach through weekday locations in gospel circles and these gospel circles this means that not only will our arlington and dallas locations move into this structure but now we're going to expand into all of these new cities and they met corporately together but they met in intimate settings where they could look at each other and gather around the word of god and they could encourage each other and they could pray for each other and they could discuss the word and they could grow in grace and they could celebrate and they could pray and they could see miracles and healings and chains broken during our times of prayer together this is going to be awesome and if you're ready for it church clap your hands and give God praise come on now if you're ready give God a good hand clap of praise we got to do it there's a reformation that's taking place things are changing Hey Calvary family, we want to quickly talk to you about something very important and exciting that's happening here at Calvary. You know, there's a movement and it's pretty common for churches to claim to be a movement. I think it's got a positive ring to it. And oftentimes when Christians use that term, they often mean, well, look, God's blessing our efforts. But when we at Calvary Church use that term, we've got something much more specific in mind. And it's very, very important to us. We're building a gospel movement. And that's why we exist. You know, our mission is very simple. We exist to declare and to demonstrate the gospel, the good news of God's grace to everyone, every day, everywhere. We want to share with you some of the aspects that we believe that God is leading us to take in this movement. But first, we want you to take out your cell phone. If you already have the Calvary app, you should have received an update so that you can start taking advantage of the new look and the new features. But if you don't have our app, go to your app store right now and search Calvary Church CC and then just download it. The new updated app will allow you to stay in the know of what's coming up, what's happening here in our movement. That's right. You're going to notice that there's an option at the bottom that says Devo. You're going to tap there to open a 36-day devotional. We're going to be journeying together through this devotional as we renew our minds, prepare our hearts, position ourselves for the movement. A movement can be defined as a group of people working together, participating together to advance an idea, a cause. And Calvary, we believe God's calling us in this season to advance, to advance our cause of taking this gospel into the world. You know, the Bible teaches us that we're to be transformed, we're to be changed by the renewing of our minds. And we believe that God wants to change each and every one of us, especially over the next 36 days, to grow us in our grace walk so that we can accomplish all the great things that God has in store for us through this movement. We're moving from saving grace to empowering grace. So we're inviting you to join us on this journey over the next 36 days in reading scripture and making declarations that align with what God believes about us. We also have made available hard copies at your location's Welcome Center if you prefer to follow along that way. During this series, you'll be receiving a For the Movement prayer card that you'll be able to write down areas in your life that you're believing God to move in to, for movement because we're not only going to believe for movement corporately as a church, but we're also going to be believing for movement in your personal life. On Sunday, November 3rd, we're going to have a special time of prayer and we want you to bring this card with you on that day to whatever worship experience that you attend at your location so that we can stand with you in agreement 
through prayer. Now, lastly, you're going to receive for the movement offering envelope, and we want you to take that with you. And as a family, begin praying and asking the Lord to direct you as you prepare your gift of generosity over and above. On Sunday, November 3rd, we're going to be praying over those prayer requests, but we're going to be participating in giving a for the movement offering. It's not just a service, not just a big offering. It's a very sacred moment. You know, the early church understood the power of sacrificial giving for the greater cause, for the movement, to see the gospel ministry fully funded and functioning for kingdom impact in the here and now. Now, we look forward to gathering together to pray over those prayer requests and give by faith, activating God's promise to those who really fun kingdom work. The Bible says in Philippians that God will meet your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So I want to say thank you, Calvary Church, for preparing. I want to say thank you for being the movement.